Hi, I'm Jake. I'm Steve. And I'm Peter. And, and we're the 11s. Oh, Jesus. What's up, guys? Not too much. How are you? Well, I had the best weekend I've had in a long time, and this is going to make it make me sound like Steve because, you know, Steve hates his children. But my wife and I decided we would give each other a weekend off this summer, and this weekend was my weekend off. So she left with the kids, and I was alone, no kid responsibilities. My brother came to visit, and we just had like a two guys in the city weekend and it was amazing <laughs> didn't have to plan a day around you know bottles and nap schedules it's unreal like you haven't changed the diapers in 72 hours which yeah. is yeah. Mean, that in and of itself is tremendous good for you it was pretty good how are you guys Gosh. i'm doing well i just uh burnt a whole bunch of fish um cooking for ashley's entire family and so i'm kind of um probably one or two beers uh, deeper than I had anticipated coming into this <laughs> podcast, just kind of working off that. Um, but, but doing well, Peter. That, that'll, that'll help with, with our guest. You need to be a couple more beers deep for this jerk. Gosh, yeah. And Jake, just, just sort of wind that back for me. So this was like a family reunion type thing. Is that right? Because we, I'm imagining the, um, the family from wedding crashers like you (laughs) got on a boat to this house and you got to the and and it's just like you had one job just like just first of all go unnoticed but then second of all cook this fish properly is that about right that's exactly right yeah and i'm the guy faking a life as a venture capitalist you know (laughs) and who doesn't fit in but just one more reason why jake was the wrong guy that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Speaking of the wrong guy. Um, Great segue. Yeah, what a segue. Was, that was pretty good. Um, I have a real treat for you today, like a Sunday with a cherry on top. Our next guest is likely one of the most widely known and beloved T11s. This person is one of the first people I actually met at Tuck. This person's shaking his head. He's not that beloved. Um, and I feel like I loved this person right out of the gate. This person's known for having, without any question, the best and most luscious hair in our class. This person struggled socially at times because of a personal rule that prohibited the consumption of alcohol during the day. <laughs> <laughs> this person had relations in the sort of Bill Clinton sense of the term with many spouses living in Sachem Village. Fortunately, though, breaking up no existing marriages, despite the endless philandering. If this person was an entree at a middle of the road Italian restaurant, they'd be a heaping pile of veal Parmesan. And so without further ado, I present to you the pride of Don Bosco prep, Alexander Gufanti. Wow. Gufanti. Uh, (laughs) Oh God. Are you wearing (laughs) pants? What are you wearing? Pink (laughs) pants? What, what color pants are those? Uh, well, they're they're shorts, <laughs> but they're, they're oh pink. Oh my goodness! They are pink. Oh my god! <laughs> so, did you guys go out and buy headsets just for this, or have you had these for a long time? Because no. you guys look ridiculous. <laughs> I just want you, all three of you, look yeah. absolutely ridiculous. 
You know what? And none of us have pink shorts on right now. That's weird. That's really weird how that works. You know, you guys are like the guys that go biking on the weekend and have like the singlet with the sponsorship logo, as if somebody's paying you to do this. That's what you guys look like right now. I'm not even laughing just because that is probably the harshest burn I've received in my entire life. You know the guy that walks into Starbucks and he's going to go for a bike ride and he's got the singlet. And he's clicking his shoes along it. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you're going for a 15 mile bike ride. It's not a big deal. And that's what you guys look like right now. (laughs) Yeah. You're the first guest who just actively like broke the fourth wall right off the bat of like, you fucking guys, are you doing a podcast? Like, <laughs> is this real? I that do. I do want to know how this whole thing came. About. I, I, I want to know whose idea it was. Cause I know exactly how it came about. One of you was listening to like the New York times daily became convinced <laughs> that they would be really, really, really good at this and just decide they needed a, they needed to incubate, a group of people to be a following and they called the other two people convinced them that it was a good idea and figured if I could get a following from a bunch of (laughs) poor tuck 11s, you know, I could, I could hit podcast gold. My, my, my guess is it was Peter. <laughs> that's correct yes i was, that was um, my question. it could have been jake because jake's a dreamer it could have been kenning because he's got a lot of free time doordash is worth a trillion dollars but my, I, I would assume peter but i would love to hear the background we'd what lo- a dick we'd love a dick right <laughs> out of the no, gate though. we would love to give you the background but i think it would be more helpful to give you the background of we first hear um, your thoughts on the podcast so far, which episode did you like the best? You know, what callbacks do you want to employ in this episode? Tell us your reaction and then we can give you the background. Look, guys, I haven't listened to a single episode. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I probably won't listen to this one or any of the ones that come after it. The the reason is simple. The reason is simple. Yeah. I, I see Jake, and talk to Jake way more than I would like to. <laughs> and I see and talk to Peter and Kenning an appropriate amount. Um, and so I feel like I already have a proper indexing to the three people on the show. And looking at you guys with your headsets on <laughs> reminds me of that. And um, so I have no need, you know, to, to tune in any more than, than this uh, segment that we're doing right here. It's also. But it's thank probably, you for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you. <laughs> what a treat! It's always it, nice to meet a fan. Gosh, we could go in a million directions, but <laughs> I do want to start with Kenning. Actually, put this best. A lot of people, and maybe not me and Peter, because we lived with you for a long time. But a lot of people don't really know you. You're kind of the neighbor on home improvement, that guy, Wilson, everyone loves him. He's a great guy. He has a lot of wisdom. He's kind of around a lot, but like no one really knows what the story is. You're kind of that guy. So bring us back to the beginning, like Alex Gufanti, where are you from? How did you find your way to the Tuck School of Business from, <clears throat> you know, the, um, the mean streets in New Jersey, as we understand yeah, it? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I grew up in Richfield Park, New Jersey. It's a, uh, a tiny little town, right? on the other um, side of the bridge of New York. I went to NYU um, for my undergrad. I graduated, went right to, right to Wall Street. I worked at you know, Goldman out of college. 
big time. The financial crisis happened right around the time I was evaluating a number of different things. One of them was business school. That sort of focused my attention more on going and doing an MBA. So pretty much the day that Lehman filed for bankruptcy, I, I went and got a GMAT book. And um, that was sort of the trajectory that I, 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 you know, I set myself up on. And then, yeah, and um, I just applied to a number of different places. And um, I'd been going up to New Hampshire a lot as, as, as a kid. My family has a, um, or I should say extended family, has a very large place up there, like a big plot of empty land with nothing to do. But, um, you know, I, I always love going up to New Hampshire and I love New England in general. And I uh, went up to Tuck, loved it, applied, got in. I remember getting the phone call about being admitted at the time I was working on the New York Stock Exchange and you had to like leave the floor to take a phone call. And I got a phone call from a 603 number. I had no idea where that number was coming from. I literally had no clue. I imagined that there was no reason for me to leave work to take the call. So I just kind of sat on it and I called them back later at the end of the day after I left. Um, and that was when I found out. So, but yeah, no, very happy. I did look at me. I think Tuck was, um, was a game changer for me. I, I you know, absolutely loved it. I met, you know, fantastic people, company notwithstanding. And um <laughs> I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I didn't do anything fundamentally differently after graduating. So I wouldn't say it, it, it was a, a career changing experience, but two years away from, you know, everything I'd ever known. I grew up in New Jersey. I lived in New York for a very long time, moved back to New York for a very long time. You know, Tuck stands out as a, as a really cool chapter, you know, in that, uh, in that path. So Gavanti, we, we've been friends for a minute now, and I, I think I've probably asked you the question of like, so what is it that you actually do? I've asked you that probably like 10 times, and you've told me 10 times, and just every sure, time, it's yeah. just straight out, like internalized none of it. I want to go back to, you said you're working on the New York Stock Exchange, like floor, is that right? Were you like one of the guys in like the sequin jackets, like yeah. waving paper around? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, anyone on the, uh, anyone um, tuned in will know that the, uh, the you know, all the major bulge bracket banks have very, very structured. I came into Goldman on a very structured, they call it an analyst program. It's usually a two to three year program. Um, and they kind of just put you into a division. You know, they kind of choose a division based on their evaluation of you and what they think you'd be good at. The division that they put me in was being a market maker on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, I don't know if this is about me, but um, it was a really fun time. I mean, you're on your feet all, all day long. And then, you know, I happened to be there right at, in, as the financial crisis kind of, I was there for the lead up and then the crescendo of the financial crisis. It was a very, very interesting time to say the least to, to be there. Um, and then I left for Tuck. Your question is, you know, what do you currently do? I left Tuck. I came back to a, a similar job. I mean, fundamentally different, but there's a lot of, a lot of similarities and I'm on what's called the institutional equity sales desk at City Citigroup. Uh, my, my clients are uh, investors in public equities it's unique in the sense that most people that work on the trading floor only talk to other people who are traders. I talk to people who are actually investing capital for a living. You know, I, I might call them about upgrading a stock, downgrading a stock. Uh, I'm very, very uh, involved in capital markets. So if we're doing an IPO, if we're doing a SPAC, if we're doing a block trade, things like that. It, I talk to the people that would, that would be the ultimate buyers of whatever asset it is that we're talking about for that day. You know, that, that sort of, um, what occupies my, my, my day on a, on a, on a regular basis. Can I, can I ask Alex? Cause I'm, I'm still fascinated by like the NYSE piece, right? So someone calls up their like guy and they're like, I want to buy a hundred shares of like union Pacific railroad or whatever. And that somehow gets in your hands and you got to go find someone else on the floor who wants to sell a hundred shares of union Pacific or whatever, or like 
Is that right? Or is that is that actually happening or no? So a long time ago, that was um, directionally accurate. Um, even though even though when I got there, you know, out of college and, and you know prior to Tuck, you know, you had an electronic order book, but it was even clear, you know, at that point in time that um, you know this was going the way of the dodo. There was absolutely no reason that all of this couldn't be um, you know replaced by. I don't even know if you call it technology because it's even at that point at, at that at that time wasn't exactly cutting edge technology. Um, so yeah, nowadays you know it's all crossed electronically. There's really no no reason for for that to happen. Very 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 large trades still sort of look a little bit like that. It's all it's done over instant messenger and chat and telephone. There's not one person running to another person. But if there's a person that wants to buy a million shares or sell a million shares, then yeah, there is a a like um, and uh, a brokering of of that trade, um, but that's that's pretty rare. Sorry, I fell asleep, I fell asleep for a minute. Are we still recording? <laughs> I mean, so boring. Oh, Honest to God, I don't think I listened to a second of that. I I still don't know what he does. Something about Union Pacific shares. I I don't even know. Gufanti, I spend a lot of time with your family, but there are a lot of folks that probably aren't updated on what you got going on at home. So sure. So, I mean, I, I married um, T11 Stacy um, Grohl back in 2016. I'm sure most people know that. Um, we had um, one daughter, Caroline in 2018, and then another daughter, Catherine in uh, 2020. She's our COVID baby. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they are, they are the, um, they're the absolute best. They're very, very different. I mean, Catherine is just now starting to show her, um, her true colors. She's a little bit of a, um, she's a little bit more of a savage than I thought she was going to be, but um, nothing like my older one, like my older one, I think is asleep right now, but she could be cyberbullying your son right now, Jake. I mean, she could be, she could be honest about anything. I, I, would, I wouldn't even know. Um, she and Gufanti, we can, we can spend a moment here. You every time I see you, which again is way too frequent, it is amazing to watch Caroline Gifanti work. So she is delightful for ninety nine point ninety nine 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 percent of the human population. But when Alex asks her to do something, she'll just run away. She'll throw a glass in his face, like she's down to do whatever it takes. Yeah, she knows how to. She knows how to push my buttons, and I think she, she enjoys it. <laughs> a lot more um, than anybody else on the planet. Look, I mean, they're both, they're both amazing little people and uh, I'm so pumped um, to have them uh, by my side. But anyway, that's what we've been up to. You know, we moved out of the city a couple of years ago. Um, we've been living in the, um, the suburbs of New York here in Connecticut. It's been great. You're calling it the suburbs in Connecticut and you live in Greenwich, Connecticut. Alex Gufanti lives in Greenwich, Connecticut. It's an absolute turnaround from where you grew up and like the meatball stained wife beaters like that you went to high school with. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a change. I mean, Jake and I both um, stand, stand out like a sore thumb at some of these uh, birthday parties. Jake and I were at a birthday party like a couple of weeks ago and we're like the only guys with t-shirts and and uh and shorts we looked like we were there to mow the lawn but i mean um no 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 alex no you didn't you are wearing pink shorts right now i feel like the last time i saw you you were wearing your ferragamos at a greenwich backyard barbecue like don't give us this okay you fit right in the white t-shirts and the new balances are long gone no 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 no, no. not true just living your life not true um 
I probably, I wonder if I own, I've purchased the most New Balances of any person that's ever, I mean, I've been buying <laughs> the same sneaker since I was a freshman in high school. Pretty much they've updated the model of it, but I've bought whatever the updated model is. I've bought that at least every year. But when I was running a lot, I don't run as much as I used to, but I was running a lot at one point. I would buy one every three or four months. I mean, I've bought a lot of these sneakers um, and I still have them. So you're wrong there. White t-shirt. I mean, I'm still a, a predominantly a t-shirt wearer. I think Jake will agree with that. I mean, you know, you won't see me casually wearing a collared shirt, I would say. Okay. Footwear. All right. You got me. You got me on the footwear. You did. And, and Alex, you, you back when we used to know you, you were like, so against shorts. It was like, you had a visceral reaction to the idea of shorts. Like you were, you were never like a never nude below the legs. And now you're wearing pink shorts. Like what's, tell us about this evolution. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I mean, I, um, I feel like a lot of my, um, to Jake's point about not drinking during the day, I, I've, I've like kind of stayed true to that as well. I, I don't, uh, I got a couple of weird things about me and not drinking during the, the day is one and, and um, you know, not wearing shorts very often is another. I've, I've changed my tune a little bit in high school. Um, I went to like an all boys school. There was a very, very strict dress code and they had this like weird thing about shorts too. Like even on, you know, the hottest days, you couldn't wear like a pair of khaki shorts. And like, there was this huge uproar about it. And they pushed back really, really hard. I don't know, maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you, Peter. Right. That, that, and that, and your uh, very bizarre proclivity to leave cabinet doors wide open. There's like a, a few things simmering. Underneath. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Stacy, that- so it's interesting. I'll just interject here, but Stacy talks about that. Like that's not that's a, that that hasn't died with marriage and children. Like that so, lives so, on. So for our for our listener, uh, Jake, Alex, Ale- Alex Menitz, and I, four of us lived together in second year, and like we would walk into the kitchen, and literally every cabinet door would be wide <laughs> open. And it would be because of Gavanti. He just somehow yeah. forgets to close cabinet doors. And I was actually curious if that still happens. And it sounds like Jake that it that it does. No, it still happens. I mean, if this guy wants some rice peel off, get out of the fucking way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. I think I will say this. I think that a lot of the changes in your life, Gavanti, is just the the positive influence of Stacy. You know, and I mean, I see it. You're wearing the Patagonia. You're wearing a nice pair of pink shorts. Like you're starting to, you know, evolve a little bit from. Yeah, you sound like my family. What yeah. we knew. <laughs> actually, yeah. you know what? That that's actually one of my questions, which is, when your parents come to Greenwich and see like how how their little Alex is is living in the the mean streets of Greenwich, like what is their reaction to that? You know, it's it's funny. Um, They've definitely taken it in stride. I think when we first told them that we were moving to Greenwich, there was a little bit of a hesitation. There's, there is a built-in belief that um, there are certain you know, places in the world and certain styles of living that are fundamentally different in value-wise. They have fundamentally different values. And I think that maybe my parents kind of um, fell into that trap a little bit. But you know, it's, you know, it's funny you mentioned it because... Um, the other day we were, um, I, I was um, visiting them for the weekend and out of nowhere, they're like, we just love Greenwich. We just love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> You've got the beach. You've got, you know, it's the stone walls and the winding roads and the homes, that, you know, and um, 
but it came out of nowhere. I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't prompt them. I didn't, you know, so um, they've, 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 they've come around, but they, they come for, you know, long periods of time and they just kind of get into it. They've got their spots that they go to, you know, they, they, they're kind of like part-time residents around here. And, you know, they make, you know, funny observations every once in a while. Like for example, there is an unbelievable amount of power outages in not just Greenwich, but all of Fairfield County. I mean, the power goes out in Fairfield County seemingly more than any other county in the entire state, in the entire country. And, you know, my parents were up and we lost power probably three times in the first year we were here. And my mom said, you know, you would think that in a town like Greenwich, they wouldn't, you wouldn't be losing power this much. I said, mom, it's not like we have our own power grid in the town of Greenwich. I mean, this is a shared utility amongst many, many, many people. And like the trees don't know, you know, what we pay in taxes. So they fall indiscriminately. Um, so, I mean, like observations like that, but I mean, in general, um, they've taken it in stride and they've been um, supportive, I guess would be the word to describe it. Yeah. Supportive yeah, of your new f- lifestyle. Yeah. Your new lifestyle choice. Yeah. <laughs> we really we we have to we have to get our parents together. I mean, that sounds like a disaster as I say it out loud, but I think there would be some funny sort of sound bites from that. Cause my parents, what they like to do is they like to have these like snarky comments as we're driving around town. They're not they're like they're like backhanded compliments. They're like I mean, it's like, oh, I, I wouldn't want to have that much house. Can you imagine cleaning that much house? <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. It's like, oh, God, like who, who has to mow that lawn? Jesus. You know, I, I got to say, can you imagine? Gifanti, my, my dad, I'll, I'll be mentioning, you know, talk friends. Whatever. He's like, he asks about you every single time. Huge fan. Hasn't pronounced your name right one time. Hey Steve, how's that? Uh, how's that? Uh, Alexander Gufazzi. <laughs> like, and I'm like, Dad, that's not his name. He's like, Yeah, it's no, it's yeah, it is. I'm like, okay, but yeah, Alex, he asked Alex, about you Alex, a lot. Alex made quite an impression on the entire. He did. He, you honestly, your, it's your it's a bit. Inf- I think that this is a, a topic unto itself. It is a bit frustrating, Gufazzi. Your level of charisma and ability to just like win over someone from the jump is like second to none. So like the fact that my parents, after meeting you, I don't know, a handful maximum number of times that they are just like obsessed is very frustrating. You should, you should bottle whatever that is. He's like, to put it in a different way, Steve, he's one of those people that's worked for nothing in his life. He just was born with an incredibly high EQ and people just take to him. Like my parents are the same way. They're just like, oh God, we love Alex. Is that, does that come from, so Gufandi, here's a, here's a question. Is that, is that like sort of extra, a layer of external charisma or is that just like, truly, are you that comfortable in those settings? You're just like, I, cause like, it's truly, I don't know if you know this, but it is amazing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know that I have. No, I want to go deep here. I want to, <laughs> I want to drill down. That's very yeah. deep. I wasn't prepared to go that deep. Um, I don't know that I have an answer for you. Um, I, Actually, one question I had for myself that I think others would be interested in is what were you like in high school? Were you like get home after soccer practice and immediately start studying because you just want to like do the best that you possibly can? Or were you like secretly smoking cigarettes at the age of 15 behind like the Uh, school bus? I definitely was competitive about school in high school. Um, Not crazy competitive, but I... I didn't um, never smoked a cigarette 
in high school, never did drugs or anything like that in high school. I mean, I had occasionally would, would drink, but it was very occasionally until maybe like, like later on in senior year, like before I went off to college. Yeah. I would, I would go to soccer practice after school, which would go into late. I, my school was very far away from where I grew up. My school was an hour away from where I grew up. But, and I took a bus to get to school every day and, and home. Um, so I wouldn't get home until late. And then um, I would um, I would do my homework. And there was usually kind of kind of a lot of it. I, I don't know, I, from what I remember. I was definitely not a procrastinator when it came to like big projects. I would get them out of the way very, very quickly. That was something that, and I, I'm still like that. I can't let things kind of like sit and like do it the night before. I'm definitely a person who has to get things done way ahead of time. Nerd um, alert. Yeah, to- I mean, totally 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 nerd alert I, I guess i mean i was like a, a an okay student i wouldn't say i was great i wasn't like valedictorian in my class or anything or even right close but I, I i definitely i definitely cared about grades i i would probably cut corners if i knew that i needed to do something to get a good grade i wasn't like the guy like peter who would like do the extra you know assignment at the end you yeah know, the Kifanti, said, oh, do, do you know if you really want to understand the topic yeah. like please you know do <laughs> questions nine through 13 peter is like you know furiously writing down an answer Gavanti, <laughs> <laughs> uh we had a write-in question from uh one june bullard and she's wondering um how serious you and stacy are and if there's any chance that you might be interested in making a switch you know to another sort of italian descendant woman maybe another tech grad just something like that. Just, that was, <laughs> just called it in last minute. I wanted to get it on the air. Sorry, I actually didn't hear that. <laughs> then, then that's oh, going to be oh that's going to be a clean <laughs> sweep. I have tried to get a burn on Janelle in every single episode. I've it cut, hasn't made it I've one time, everyone. and that's not going to make it either. Fucking did you, Christ. Like, did you just nod off there? Oh, yeah, are, are like, you what, with us? How did you no, I, the audio was really choppy. Crystal clear for me. Maybe really? Just... I, have, I, have, I have full Wi-Fi right now. I don't know. Well, that joke landed, Steve. Well, Sorry. I feel a like good Janelle would have been great, though. It sure would have been, Alex. Would have been great. Alex, bring us back to your and Stacy's uh, the beginning of your relationship. I think I was there the first night you guys had a little a little fire at at Dorian's. On the I don't think side. so. No, I mean we first started kind of getting together. Um, she was at Goldman at the time. I was at City. It was down in Tribeca. City's in Tribeca. Goldman's in Battery Park. We um, we would get together at North End Grill um, after work, usually for a drink. At the time she was working around the clock, she would go back to work. And a lot of times I would go out with uh, clients or something like that. Started off very friendly because, I mean, she was kind of like the only person working in that area that went to talk. And, you know, you know, when you graduate right after talk, there is a sort of like bond. There's like a kinsmanship, right? Where um, I think, you know, leaving talk is very difficult. At least I thought it was very difficult to get back into the swing of things and getting back into the work thing. And, um, you know, we, we would be chatting, you know, texting one another, get, get together for a drink, have dinner and then go, go our many merry ways. And slowly but surely dinner became longer, you know, quote, you know, quote, one drink came, turned to three and, and dinner became, you know, longer. And then, um, we started, uh, you know, we started, it's, uh, a, it's a kid's show, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, you know, and, then, and that's sort of dinner, how it happened. Di- dinner, dinner became a uh, uh, longer. <laughs> what are you doing? 
Oh, no, I, Peter, I, I think I remember the night that you're talking uh, about. And there were a few of them where, like, all the tuck people got together and, like, Stacy and I showed up and people were like, what's going on? And, uh, you know, I don't think we really had figured out how to define it yet. But, um, you know, slowly but surely things developed and uh, we moved in together. I think we lived together for about a year and then I proposed. And then um, about a year later, we got um, we got married. All of you were there, as you recall. I did a reading. <laughs> did you? I think I did. How? No one remembers. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Did you do a reading? Yeah, I did a reading at your wedding. A hundred percent. He must have sucked. God, jeez, in my <laughs> mind, was it was terrible. like the best delivery of the fucking Corinthians that's ever existed. But <laughs> apparently, it wasn't. Oh my god! So you know, people say that. Doing that. I think yeah. we need. I need. We need. T-shirts of just Gufanti's, like a silhouette of Gufanti's head, and then underneath it just says "Dinner got longer." It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say Gufanti. People knock Tuck for lacking diversity, but like the fact that somebody from Goldman and City can get together—I mean, that is that's inspired. <laughs> it really is. I mean. Alex, I, I think a lot of our classmates that you're not in touch with might actually not know what you're doing because if I'm not mistaken, you're still not on any form of social media for the most part. You were very against Facebook like when we were in talk. I don't think you're on Instagram. Just legitimately curious, like what is the sort of deep-seated um, animosity you have towards social media and have you found it hard to be able to keep that up? I mean, you caved on the shorts but you still haven't caved on social media. True. You know, the social media thing, I feel like if anything, time has validated my stance on social media. I mean, I think um, I see more and more people not using social media, not joining it or, yeah. or dropping off. I'm, there's probably an entrepreneurial person out there listening to this show. One of the 12 people, I'm sure three of them are Peter's close relatives, um, who could take this idea and run with it. Which is like, I think the idea of social media um, holistically, right, is, is a great idea. I would love to just know like what people are up, like what people's kids are up to and when there's when you're celebrating birthdays and, you know, major milestones in people's lives that you don't see very much. And frankly, like we all probably have these many, many chapters in, in, in our lives, like, you know, undergrad, you know, MBA talk, you know, your first job, your second job, your third job high school, like all these chapters of your life with friends that are, are associated with it. And there's not a lot of synergies between those groups. And you would love to be able to keep in touch with all of them. And I think that theoretically is what social media would be great for. The problem, at least what I never really could get into is like, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's so much posturing and um, there's so much posting of half-baked political ideas. And, uh, you know, someone puts up a Mark Twain quote and you're like, what is this? And so you just, <laughs> you know, there's so much of that. And I don't, you know, I would love to know, you know, Kenning, when you're celebrating a you know birthday party for one of your kids, but like, I don't need to know if Kenning's having lobster Thermidor tonight, you know? And I, and I think that it's mostly <laughs> the latter, right? I think it's mostly, it's mostly posturing. And um, yeah. so that's kind of where I stand. Like, I don't, I, I don't like to, pretend like my life is so much more luxurious or amazing than it actually is, especially to people who are theoretically my friends. And I don't need to convince Jake that I'm doing great because I post a picture of some, you know, truffle pasta that I'm having for dinner. And I feel, and I feel like that's sort of what social media has become. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, you layer on top of it. I don't know if you call it a market failure, an accident of history, but you know, somewhere along the line of them optimizing their algorithm to, you know, get engagement to go up, 
you know, they've done, you know, I think that there's been real damage done to, to people and social networks and to um, the way people think about the world. And um, we live in these echo chambers now. And I don't think that any, anyone intentionally did anything nefarious, but I also don't think that there's anyone that would deny that there's been a negative consequence of everybody being on social media all the time. And so, uh, you know, I, I would, you know, posit the question like, you know, at what age do you want your kids to be on social media slash do you ever want them to be on social media? I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, and I don't, I'm sure I'm not going to be successful on keeping my daughters off of it. But, um, you know, if, if, if it was my call, I would, I would push it out as long as humanly possible. How about that for getting on a soapbox? Dude, this is great. I quit Instagram. I'm talking about it like they're Marlboro Reds, but like I quit Instagram two years ago and never want it. And I like the amount of time that one would spend on that. Like when you look back at your app tracking, you know, the amount of time that you can, that you're on your screen it's incredible how much time in virtually yeah. nothing positive is accomplished. Well, I think a lot of this stuff is just like giving, giving people like lit sticks of dynamite and being like, all right, well, I sure hope people use these right. And like, good luck to you. We're not going to really step in and moderate it all. I was telling Peter this, like the first company I worked for when I moved to Austin was a company called Zello. And it was basically like a push to talk walkie talkie app on your phone. And they're like, Oh, it's a pretty cool technology. You push, push the button, you talk to your friend and fast forward to January 6th, it is the like official provider to like the proud boys and the insurrectionists and it's how they're using or how they're like communicating to, to navigate the Capitol building. And you're like, well, shit, this like someone I think needs to step in and sort of say how these things are going to be used in some way, shape or form. I do think it's been sort of like the wild west of just like, all right, well, you know, free speech, obviously very important, no question. But I think, you know, my kids being on Instagram or God forbid, TikTok, like, I can't imagine. Peter? I agree. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I There's very little that I agree with Gavanti on, but I, I, com I am still on all these social media apps. Like, I don't use, I mean, as far as Facebook knows, I'm not sure they even know I'm married or have kids. Like, I haven't posted anything on Facebook in probably a decade except posting about this podcast on the T11 Facebook page. I recently went through and probably deleted 600 Facebook friends because I was like, this is just like silly. Like why I don't, I haven't talked to this person in like 12 years. There's no reason I should be connected to them on social media. Nothing against that person. I wish them well, but you know, there's just like a, a very artificial portion to it that I feel like is um, a little bit overburdensome. And also, like, can you ever really get the full Gafanti experience on social media? Like, that's a, that's an in-person yeah. medium, right? Exactly. 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 You're not getting the New Balances. You're not getting the khakis. No. Or like, just the the sparkly, pearly whites. Absolutely not. That that like trillion dollar smile. It's just God. it's not even close. Gafanti, before we um wrap up here, we always we've liked to talk to people about their sort of memories of of Tuck and or the upper valley just curious when you look ahead to our upcoming 10th slash 11th reunion and start thinking back on the time we spent at tuck what are you most excited to go back and see or revisit and you know just tell us a little bit about the place in your memories that tuck holds wow well thanks for the question peter very welcome, deep. Um, oh for god <laughs> <laughs> there it is 
That was a layup question. That wasn't even a Tra- good question. Trains never late. Peter's amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the things that I um I have fond memories of at Tuck, beside the people, which I think clearly is the thing that makes the program and the, the school year after year. You know, I spent a lot of time at Murphy's. That's no secret. And um, I actually go back, you know, I have gone back a, a fair amount, but Murphy's is always a good place to, to go back to. You know, walking, you know, walk, just walking around Hanover, you know, like it's kind of like a, it's, I mean, there's nothing similar to New York. No, there's no similarity between New York and Hanover other than there's a certain feeling you get when you're walking around New York, you know, there's like an energy. And I feel like Hanover's got it. I mean, it's a very different kind of energy, but there's something about being in Hanover that I think is special. Yeah. I love to do like, kind of like, you know, walk down to Tuck Circle and just, you know, um, reminisce about all the um, parties that we threw that were completely inappropriate. Um and went on too late and for for too long thanks to um social chair steve kenning yeah that's right who that's right. um yeah. was the for two years and uh took it took every single zero benefit of doing that by the way totally literally totally. not a one benefit i yeah. i regret it every day but those are the things you know and it'll be great to see people great to see people and catch up i mean I, I do think we're planning on um attending i think we booked uh hotel and we'll be there so nice. it'll be fun it'll definitely be fun well this has been just a delight <laughs> alex it's, it's been a delight having you certainly on. lived up to my worst nightmare radiates yep. charisma hasn't aged a day oh i've <sighs> aged today <I've- laughs> <laughs> for sure i couldn't well, even could you even imagine right now going to a tuck party the way we used to go to a tuck party no i mean or or go you know play playing pong in the garage until two o'clock in the morning and then waking up and doing homework i used to wake up and go for a run basically oh my god yeah i think that's a three-day recovery these days right right? totally i don't know how we did it i have no idea i mean and the things that we would be um, worried about, right? Like to Kenning's point about being social chair, like Kenning, I remember we, we had a semi-formal or some sort of a party second year and it was a New England themed party. And like there was backlash and, you know, Kenning had to bear the brunt of it because like he was like culturally appropriating something and people were upset about the New England themed party and, um, and Kenning, to his credit, and you know, you know, he took all of the criticism to heart, and he, you know, practically had a nervous breakdown. And um, <laughs> this all sounds right. <laughs> these were the things that we were worried about, you know. Oh yeah. Like now, we're all logging. I'm sure many of us are logging monster hours in the office, and we've got families, and we've got to worry about, you know, all the things that like an adult needs to worry about, like paying the mortgage and figuring out life and, you know, uh, family and things like that. And, and it wasn't, I mean, it was 10 years ago, but we were, the things that we were thinking about were, you know, the, the New England themed semi-formal and all of the angst that it caused. And we would get together and talk about this, you know, in large groups, you know, 10, 12 people sitting around drinking a nat, a natty light, um, just trying to figure out how do we move, how do we move forward from here? <laughs> <laughs>
Wait, Alex, you just said also you just said Natty Lights, and I'm sure that that's wrong. But why am I having such a brain fart? What was the beer we always drank there? It wasn't Natty Light. Keystone. Was the, Keystone. Keystone, Keystone Light. Light. Oh my God, I Keystone could not Light. think of it. Right. Right. Did you? you are you joking, Peter? Peter? No, I'm 100 percent serious. I could not. I just now I could not think of what it was. So because... both you and Gafonsi couldn't think of key. See, this knew... is again. I knew I've been it wasn't Jackson since at like two 30 in the morning <laughs> when he's like, got like the basement, like gambling slash like cockfighting ring going on down there being like, Hey, Jack needs some like 80 cases of Keystone light. So maybe it's a bit more seared into my brain than you guys. I just, no, I, I, of course, I just, I just had a total, it left my brain and I couldn't think of the name, but that's of course what it was. You know, and the one thing that we said when we started this is once we started about basement cockfighting that we would call it a day. You know, I mean, that's when we knew that it was over. So, Gufanti, thank you. So, I mean, we love you dearly. You are, you're a real son of a bitch, but um, thank you so much for coming on. And I will see you sooner than you want and I want. And, you know, Gufanti, I know that, uh, I know that you won't listen to this podcast, but uh, based on how this went, no one else will either. Gufanti, good to see you. We love you. Yeah, we love you. Well, thank you guys. Um, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. All right, Thanks bud. See you later. Take Good care. Bye. We'll talk to you later.